Welcome to episode 12 of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fountas, and I don't have a co-host today, at least not a co-host with me. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, today, we're going to be doing the last show before WrestleMania and the last of this WrestleMania Memories Project we've been working on. I want to thank everyone that's been doing it, from KB to Squirt Circle Guy to Javier, who was my first interview, to uh, Danny from Toronto. There's so many people, so I don't want to forget anybody. Those are just the people off the top of my head. Uh, before we get started, as always, follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. You can send an email to us if you want to ppwpodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to us on SoundCloud. Uh, search Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. That'll feed into your favorite podcast app, iTunes, uh, whatever Android has, or I always joke about Windows phones because nobody has them. But anyway, like I said, uh, I don't have a co-host with me today. Eric is uh, getting sued. And I wish I was making that up, but he's not. So maybe he'll tell the story next week. So Eric's not going to be here this week. So we have an extra special guest on the line. And I've known this guy since I think 2008, I'll say. Yeah, 2008. I uh, met him when he was living here in Chicago. Met him on Craigslist, which is funny <laughs> enough. Uh, this guy, he hosts a podcast out of New York called the Man Cave Podcast and also is the commissioner slash president of Man Cave Championship Wrestling. Also was the starting first baseman for the division champion 2009 Black Sox, Jeff Schaefer. Jeff, how are you? <laughs> All true, Steve. I love telling the story about how we met on Craigslist. Like, how'd you meet Steve? I answered an ad on Craigslist. I was looking for dudes to play baseball, and I hooked up with Steve. <laughs> yeah, I'd like, I think like the first time Jeff and I met was like at a bar or something. You were with, uh, I, I don't know who you were with, but you were like, you know, after, after you told me this later, you were like, you know, I just met you, gave you like 400 bucks cash. And like, I don't know this guy. Like, he could have been a really elaborate scam, and I totally fell for it, but it didn't. That's how that's how desperate I was to meet buddies. When you move, when you're an adult and you move from state to state, like you can meet women. Like, I probably went there with my girlfriend, which wasn't hard to find. But to meet a buddy, it's so I can't walk up to dudes in the bar and be like, "Hey, man, you want to go see Batman?" You seem like a nice guy. Like, I was so <laughs> excited to meet a dude. It was crazy. Yeah, and then you know, and then I think you know we've seen each other maybe two or three times since you moved back out to New York. But I feel like we've still been friends because of your podcast and because of Twitter and interaction and things like that so it's kind of cool absolutely yeah that definitely uh you and a couple other guys i definitely have people from chicago i'm closer with now because of the man cave podcast than i was even when i worked with them in chicago it's crazy go internet yay yeah right so jeff uh, is actually going to his first wrestlemania this year uh jeff and his co-host sean are gonna be down in orlando and you can follow jeff on twitter at man cave podcast you're gonna want to do that especially this coming week because him and Sean are coasting their Man Cave Mania tailgate right outside Lot 1, which are in, in Lot 1, which is right where the shuttle buses drop you off, and they have a flyer that says free beer. So, right. Uh, can, you believe, can you believe I'm 34 years old? Listen to the nonsense you tell people about me the first time. He's going to go to WrestleMania. He's going to podcast. He's going to be in a tent drinking beer. I'm 34. I'm an adult, and I'm going to have the time of my life this weekend. It's it's a blast, and this is. I want to get started in the show, but I mean, I feel like we're we're catching up too. This is a really funny story. Uh, last time WrestleMania was in, I guess the only time it was at in New Jersey at the Giant Stadium, and I text Jeff like, "Hey, we're coming to New York, going to be in Manhattan. You want to come take the train and hang out with us?" He goes, "Yeah, sure." And I text him, I go, "Hey, there's a chance my buddy's not going to be able to go to WrestleMania. Do you want to go?" Jeff's like, "Absolutely." Well, here's the catch: he's only not going to go if his wife's grandpa dies because he was doing surgery or something that day. So Jeff was in the predicament like, I don't want this guy to die, but I want to go to WrestleMania. There was no predicament, Steve. I was rooting for death <laughs> as a full cheerleader, both hands in the air. Yeah, you didn't get to go, but you're going to Orlando this year. I'm looking at the weather forecast because I'm jealous. I'm not going this year. It's 90 degrees. It's sunny. It'll be awesome. 
it's going to be a great time. I'm really excited about it. The, you know, there's so much going on. There's so much activity. The, the actual event, I was like, oh, I got to catch up on what, who's actually wrestling and when. I'm so excited about just the activities with the weekend. Yeah. And I, I want to talk to you too, because a lot of people I talk with on the show are pretty much hardcore wrestling fans. And you've got into a lot more in the past couple of years, I'd say. But before you were like the audience WWE wanted. You're the guy that I kind of watch. Um, if something's cool, I'll keep watching. Tell me who to like. I'll like that guy. So you were you were kind of the target audience for WWE. Okay. I had you on my podcast to tell me what was going on years ago because I was so out of it. Mm-hmm. And now and now look at you. You're commissioner of a fictional wrestling organization. <laughs> Things have changed for the better. I you know, I don't know, but it's certainly a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll we'll tell listeners more about that in a little bit. I mean, most of them probably know. I pretty much post a lot of your listeners because you were cool enough when I first started the show to retweet guys like, "Hey, listeners, you like wrestling? Check Steve out. He owns this stuff." And we've gotten a lot of listeners from you guys so thank you for for jumping on there thank the need to know news podcast for jumping on (laughs) that's a podcast we don't speak of yeah anyway (laughs) the initial the man cave 1.0 so i think i think what we should do is kind of i got the card in front of me here that because the wrestlemania is next is this coming sunday so before we we got to go back and forth and some memories i want to kind of run down the card with you and so the first match is the Andre Battle Royal. There's not much to say about that other than it's just a, it's just like an excuse to get a bunch of guys on the card. Have you ever seen a WrestleMania match WWE seems to care less about than this Andre Battle this year? Like, they, uh, there's no buzz. It's like, oh, we don't know what to do with Mojo. He's in the Battle Royale, but we don't really care about anything that happens there. No, it, it sucks for those guys that they're not in the build, but it's also cool they get to actually be on the card. And I think I was actually talking to the guy, Kerry, last week, the Squirt Circle guy, and we were talking about how last year WrestleMania was like seven hours. He's like, dude, for how much tickets are, I wish the show was two days long. Bring it on. <laughs> uh, so he's, yeah, but you're right. There's no huge build. But on the positive spin of it, which is the point of my show, these get guys, it gets guys on the card. And also at WrestleMania 30 during the first battle royal, we had that awesome moment where Cesaro got to slam the big show over the top rope and the crowd went nuts for it. So there's always a chance something cool will happen. And this is part of this makes me think about the, the failed, uh, Shaquille O'Neal and Big Show match. I mean, Big Show's in this thing now because Shaq bailed, right? Yeah. At least that's the rumor. I mean, it was never, I don't, I've never heard it confirmed anywhere officially that the match was going to happen other than the Big Show said it was. I don't know if Shaq just is like, I'm way out of shape. I don't want to embarrass myself type of thing. Or if there was never, or if there's the money wasn't right, I'm not heartbroken that I'm not going to see Shaq and the big show awkwardly go through a three minute match. So big show got ripped for no good reason. <laughs> what a waste of big show being ripped. big show with abs for no reason. Right. <laughs> so we got next up, we got the tag team champ. And this, this I think is going to be the kickoff, the first show of the pay-per-view. It's Enzo and Cass versus Cesaro and Sheamus versus Gallus and Anderson for the tag titles. I love Enzo and Cass. I mostly love Enzo because I think he's hilarious. And I think the very first opening, you know, music note of the WrestleMania is going to be, my name is Enzo Amore. The crowd's going to be into it. They're going to be going nuts. And everyone, you get 60,000 people doing the, you can't teach that. Uh, so it's, as far as a build, you know, I'm kind of like whatever about it. But the match itself, I think will be fun because all these guys can wrestle. You know, Shazar and Sheamus are awesome wrestlers. I think it'll get the crowd going really fast. These are guys. Some of these guys are teams. I've I feel like I've missed the boat. You feel, but you watch things on wrestling, and you're like, you know, people like this more than I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gals and Anderson is definitely that. And Enzo yeah. and Big Cass, I like, but I'm almost already over it. Yeah, it's it's kind of tough. We talked about this before in my show, where you know, back in the day, like when we were kids, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, you'd have stuff where Hogan would wrestle on TV once every few months, so it was special. Mm-hmm. And now, like guys like Enzo and Cass. They're on every single week, and they the shticks every week. And I get it; they have to do it every time because the live crowd wants to see that. Kind of like when the Road Dog and, and the New Age Outlaws did their same shtick every time. I get it, but like I also get what you're saying; where you're kind of over it. The the moment for me will be when Big Cass breaks off into a singles career. Then I'll be interested again because I think they can still be a team with Big Cass doing his own thing down the way. So let's let's talk about big guys a little bit because there's a there's a lot of uh, I think I've talked with this, with this about you before, where there's a lot of wrestling fans, particularly the hardcore fans that listen to my show, that like the smaller guys, like the work rate, like CM Punk or Daniel Bryan or you know some of the cruiserweights, whereas you, you're like, give me the big, larger-than-life characters. And I think Cassis could be one of those guys. 
Yeah, and it's a, one of the first wrestling fights you and I ever had about with CM Punk, where that is the CM Punk pipe bomb interview moment was mm-hmm. me dipping my toe back in the water with wrestling. That okay. was, I hadn't watched wrestling in years. I put on Raw, yeah. and this dude is sitting, is kneeling down at the ramp doing this nonsense, and uh, I didn't get it because I didn't, I didn't build with him. I didn't. You're like, who's, like, the, Here's who's this, this little guy? What the hell is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, like this is this is a big deal. This guy, like, I have this believability thing that when I see. Uh, a wrestler compete against, uh, I hate to use Roman Reigns or Goldberg. Or those. I need to believe that he can win a fight. And when I see guys like CM Punk or Enzo, or Enzo's kind of very small in this, yeah. or Daniel Bryan is one I really didn't like that whole thing, I'm not in because I don't believe it. So you're like the only guy that wasn't in on Daniel Bryan. I'm the, I was steady about that, too, and consistent. I hate Daniel Bryan. Well, I, I get it. And you are WWE's ideal fan. Yes. You are the one they're pushing Roman Reigns towards, so they're they're happy to have you. And they need fans. Although like I you. don't like Roman Reigns, though I don't like Roman Reigns. Okay, we'll we'll get into his match in a second. Uh, so let's go next. We've got the cruiserweight titles because small guys. We've got Neville versus Austin Aries for the title. Austin Aries is a guy that apparently had a ton of buzz from TNA and other organizations. I don't know anything about him. I never watched TNA. As a big wrestling fan as I am, I I don't have enough time in the day to watch everything, so I stick to, w- to what WWE has. I think I know the answer, but did you ever watch the 205 live show on the network? Steve, when when I'm watching Raw and I see those purple ropes, Mm -hmm. it's like a 40-yard dash to my DVR to fast-forward to the the next event. Like, I would rather watch a Divas event from 2002 than anything that happens in 205. And And it's not not fair. I'm with you. I'm with you on the matches on Raw. I gave 205 Live a chance. It's an awesome show because the matches are fast. There's no commercial breaks. It's a 45-minute total show. So all you know, remember in WCW back in the day when the guys would be doing flips all over the place and crazy moves? That's what 205 Live is. Whereas on Raw, they just wrestle a regular match, but they're just small guys wrestling. So it doesn't make any sense. I don't know what they're doing. To the point you made before... WWE is asking for five hours of my time every week, three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown. I'm trying to get to that. If I have extra time, I try to catch up on NXT <laughs> yeah. things, okay? And then if there's extra time of that, I say hello to my girlfriend and see what she looks like because that's all I have. <laughs> you know, I can't I can't invest in 205. It's like too far down the list. I'm the wrong guy for this match. Speaking of your girlfriend, has she ever watched wrestling with you at all, like sat down and watched more than like five minutes without rolling? Like, I guess not rolling us, but sat down for more than five minutes and watched anything that's on TV. <laughs> great story okay of uh watching the royal rumble two years ago i think it was two years ago but a thing i suck about wrestling is dates and storylines and keeps but two years ago i'm watching the royal rumble i brought her out i said hey watch the royal rumble it's pretty cool it's of all the wrestling things this one's fun to watch you never know what's gonna happen and i'm sitting there and uh the 29th or 30th guy comes out and it's triple h steve i stand up i rip my shirt off <laughs> <laughs> Start spitting Diet Pepsi all over the house. <laughs> she thought I was the most ridiculous human being on the planet. <laughs> and uh, this year she bought me WrestleMania tickets, so I guess it was all worth it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, what's so it's funny. So your girlfriend uh, messaged me on Facebook, and she's like, "Hey, I know you go to WrestleMania. I want to get Jeff tickets. You know, do you are you are you going to go with them?" And I'm like, "You know, I'm not really sure. Just go ahead and buy them." I'm like, are you going to go? She's like, "No, I don't like it." And I, I tried my best to convince her. Like, look. It's even if you don't like wrestling, it's fun. It just is. But sorry, couldn't get her to go, which I guess worked out for you because I don't think she'd have fun at Man Cave Mania. <laughs> yeah, that wasted tailgate live podcast. I don't think so either. But, no, I don't uh, think so. I'd love to have her down in Florida, but it's not going to work out. Okay. Let's get to uh, the next match on the card here, which is going to be the Diva, or I'm sorry, the Diva, sorry, the Women's SmackDown Women's Championship match, which is kind of just a, an, again, an excuse to get all the girls on the show. It's Alexa Bliss versus Becky Lynch, Natalia, Mickey James, Carmella, and others. TBA is what Bookopedia has to say. What do you do? You, when you watch SmackDown, what do you think? Of, do you have any women that you like or don't like on the show in that division? I I, I think Natalia is great in the ring. Um, Alexa Bliss is another one where I'm like, you know, people like her more than I do. What am I missing? And I haven't found it yet. Uh, Mickey James is weird to me that of all the people they could have brought back, they brought back her. Uh, Becky Lynch, I think, um, is also very good. I think I root for Becky Lynch. I think, I think if one of these girls had to go MMA, Becky Lynch is the one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Carmella, I think is super attractive. So I get, <laughs> I get, I think, I think she's got the Seinfeld two-face thing going. <laughs> 
like the certain light hits there, but I, I'm just joking. I, I like, so there's a, in, in this match, there's a couple of things I like about it. I like that Alexa Bliss is a heel that everybody hates because she's, as far as being in the ring, she's still learning. She's still super young. Remember that. But her like facial expressions of looking constantly annoyed at people and her promos, I think is very, very good, especially for being as young as she is compared to other you know, think about back in the day, some of the women's promos, how bad they were and how they're really improving now. Out of all these women in the match, I think Becky Lynch is the best. And I hope maybe next year they finally do the four horsewomen of the next team match, WrestleMania with Becky, Charlotte, Bailey, and Sasha. I think that'd be awesome. Now, and, and to your point about Alexa Bliss, maybe that's a thing, because you're right. Her character is kind of a, a you know, a... I don't know what I don't want to say bitchy, but you know what I'm saying? Like, no, that's, you know, I think of... she, she's like annoyed, like better than you. Like, I don't like an ill girl. We'll say ill. Okay, gotcha. Right. So that's her character. and She does a good job at that. Someone who like Becky Lynch, who I think is 10 times a wrestler, her character kind of still is. I'm an Irish girl, you know, and that's played out. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of that's a one trick pony. It's kind of like how I thought Mojo thing with I'm always pumped. Like yeah. it's like a one dimension character. But as I like Benji Lynch, Becky Lynch, I, I just looking for the next thing from her. Isn't your co-host like no Mojo or something like that? Or is like something? <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, they they're like buddies somehow. Somehow they're they have they talk and they're they're buddies. Maybe and, they're like workout. They share creatine or something like that. <laughs> yeah, my buddy, my co-host is a personal trainer guy. He's ripped, and I think they have worked out together. He's friends with some of the guys who the strength coach at the performance center or mm-hmm. used to be, and he's got his hand. He lives in that area, so he's got his hands down there somehow. His hands down there. <laughs> All right. So next up, we got Dean Ambrose versus Baron Corbin. This is a Dean Ambrose little guy. Versus Baron Corbin big guy match. I know where I stand at. I think Ambrose is great. I think he could be, you know, a lot more could be done with him if they kind of let the reins off of him a little bit. Because I think he's really natural when he talks. I don't feel like he's reading me lines. Whereas Corbin, I feel like he's straight up reading cue cards to me. Corbin's not going to make it. And they want Corbin to make it. They want Corbin to be the next guy. And and he's just so boring, Steve. He's so boring. Like, as much as I root for a big guy, he's he's a big guy, but he's not... I don't know. I've he's never not ripped, right? He's just he's got does have a dad bot. It looks like he works out a little bit. <laughs> right, right. Now I know why he didn't make it in the NFL. Like he's big, but that's it, <laughs> you know. And uh, Ambrose, I really really like Ambrose. I think they missed the boat with him. I think he had a chance for superstar, and, and it didn't it didn't get the last push over. You know what I'm saying? And he needs to get back there now. This match was just announced last week. I mean, this isn't another thing they put a ton of time into, um, or built it up for any other reason than Baron Corbin just screwed him in a match once you know that's not enough for mm-hmm. me sometimes for a well, WrestleMania. he did does the, the thing where he, he uh parked the forklift on dean ambrose that was like the big thing i hope they make this into a uh a no holds barred match like a, a weapons match or something like that because last year ambrose had that match with lesnar and the match kind of disappointed a little bit and ambrose talked about on the stone cold podcast he goes you know i wanted to make that match as crazy as possible i wanted to do all this crazy stuff but brock was like no, I want. Let's do this, and then later you kind of it kind of made sense because that July he had a fight in the UFC, so he didn't want to get hurt. Uh, so I'm sure he had that in the back of his mind before planning it. So I kind of hope they have that match this year that they were supposed to have last year, or that Ambrose was supposed to have last year. And if that Ambrose Lesnar match had been better, I think that's I think that's where the push stopped because he just basically got squashed by Lesnar, give or take. You he know, did, and but he, he won the title on SmackDown. He was the you remember he cashed in Money in the Bank on yeah. Rollins, and he he went the belt for a little bit before AJ took it away from him. So he right. he didn't get stopped, but if I, he could have pushed Lesnar, if he could have pushed him with chair shots or whatever it takes, or the crazy thing, some Shane O'Mac type move where he's pushing him so far <laughs> that he almost beat him, I think he could have been all right. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, this is a match that I've done a complete 180 on. When it was first announced, rumored, I'm like, this is so stupid, but now I'm in. It's John Cena and Nikki Bella versus The Miz and Maurice. And the reason I'm in is because The Miz's promos and Cena's promos have been so good. And it's I feel, so it, good. It feels so oh. real. It does, man. He got in there. He did that promo face-to-face on SmackDown, and Cena basically said, you're just saying the same stuff that AJ Styles says. You can't hang with me. And like, I was just like, I was just like taken back by Cena. I think Cena's had such a good two years from a guy who all I want to do is boo him because I'm tired of him. I'm sick of him. He gets a push. But you know what? If you watch his matches, they've been a lot better. Yeah. And his in the ring stuff is consistently good and believable. Like, you know, that those promos with The Miz and The Miz is great at being The Miz. Mm-hmm. And I'm loving Maurice more than I ever have. And, and the whole thing is good. I don't care who wins. 
Um, but I think this might be a case where I've enjoyed the buildup more than I'll enjoy the match. I think you're right. But I also think if the Miz and Maurice win, which I think could happen, and then they do something afterwards where they do a beat up, because I think Miz needs the win more than Cena does. But you never know. At WrestleMania, they, they tend to try to make people go home happy. I don't know where this match is going to be on the card. But, you know, when this is first announced, like I said, complete 180. I'm sold on it. It sounds like the live crowd's sold on it. I think people are really going to be into it. I think it'll be a fun match to be live. Because Cena's always the guy that comes up big at these big shows. He never disappoints. And I don't think this is going to be an exception. My, my whole thought on Cena changed uh, the last Raw I went to out here on Long Island. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in the stands. And, you know, Cena comes out, and every adult man in the crowd starts booing, Cena, John Cena sucks, the whole thing. And in front of me, in the row in front of me, basically touching me, was this little kid. He must have been six years old, and he stood up, and he took out his towel, and he had the little armbands on and the hat. And, Steve, it broke my heart to watch these 40-year-old men screaming at this guy who's this little kid's hero. <laughs> you know, I felt I felt like a terrible person. I stopped. I sat down. I was like, "Oh man, this, I, that changed my whole thing about Cena." That watching that kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I think Cena, like like I said, he comes up big, and I think <laughs> as as grown men, we tend to forget sometimes that at the end of the day, this silly fake sport is mostly for kids. Um, so we got to remember that sometimes. And and Cena's a guy that's a. It's not like he's a bad promo or a bad wrestler. People are just sick of his character. That being said, really looking forward to this match. I have, a, I have a friend who went to college with him oh, really? in Massachusetts. Yeah, and this chick I used to, uh, this woman I used to go to college with too, she transferred. Anyway, um, you know what? The other thing I like about him is when he was nineteen, eighteen, he was running around. I think it was Amherst. I think it was Amherst. He's running around whatever college it was. He's like, "Yo, I'm the franchise. I want to be a professional wrestler." Everybody was like, "Yeah, right." But uh-huh. here he is, <laughs> and he did the it. Biggest you know, star, he, one of the biggest stars ever. Like it's just it's not regardless what you think of him, he's. One of the biggest stars ever in wrestling history. Absolutely. And now he's making movies and he's doing really good at it. So good for him. Uh, next up, we got Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens. And I keep forgetting this is actually for the United States title, <laughs> which is, I don't even know why it's for the belt, but whatever. Uh, this has been one of the best things on Raw for me in the past several months, the Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens thing. Absolutely. And Jericho's hilarious, and I'm so glad they finally they turned him. This you could you could tell all along this was the plan, and it's very rare nowadays that WWE has a plan, sticks with it for the long haul. So you know they were friends, they teased breaking up a few times, you know got back together, and now they're having their big match at WrestleMania. Besides the AJ Shane match, I'm thinking this one could potentially steal the show. This is the best Chris Jericho has. Ever been <laughs> all yeah. the time. I've been watching him a long time, and his in the ring, he's kind of the same dude, uh-huh. you know, whatever. But his persona is so perfect, and he developed it so carefully, like a like a master at this, where he's a different Chris Jericho than he's ever been. That's a thing Cena doesn't do. He's the same John Cena he's always been. Yeah, give it, love it or take it. But this is. This Chris Jericho could be like Bill Stevenson. If he was a wrestling Bill Stevenson, it would be a totally different character. And he's done he got know, over, such he a good job. He got over clicking a pen. <laughs> I know. And scarves. A list and a scarf. He got over. And I find myself, oh, I'll, I'll watch this Chris Jericho nonsense. Because mm-hmm. he's entertaining. And he's smug. And he's a little obnoxious. And him with Kevin Owens, they, you know, it just was perfect. And that heel turn, um, the swerve, I guess is what yeah. the marks call it. That was... That was the best raw moment I've seen. Where he's like, it's a new list. Why is my name on it? You're like, oh. And And he pulls it out and it says KO's list. And you're like, no. And and then then Friendship, the magician, got on the list. And I I put, I think I put on Twitter, like, one of the best raw segments in a long ass, like, in years was that the Festival of Friendship. And Jero comes out with the goofy hat and he's smiling. And, (laughs) ah, it's awesome. And also, it all makes sense, too. Mm -hmm. Kevin, the point of Kevin Owens being done with this. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. He's like, listen, you're you're hurting my career yeah. with all your nonsense. This is why I'm kicking your ass. Mm-hmm. I love when a story makes real life sense like that. Yep. And then we got the uh, Raw Women's Championship, which is Charlotte versus Bailey versus Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax. Nia Jax just got added to it. I don't necessarily think they needed to add her to it, but they also need another person that everyone's going to boo. Everybody boo Charlotte. 
And you can't have a two baby faces versus uh, one bad guy. So I get why they threw her in there. I don't, I'm not sold on Nia Jax, but she's a huge monster. What do you think about big women? We know what you like about big men in wrestling. What about big women? I I think it's really weird. It's, it's a weird point to make. I think it's really strange they announced her weight. Yeah. I think it's really strange. It bothers me. I'm like, oh, they shouldn't do that. <laughs> As a gentleman, I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah, she also has like a really unflattering outfit, but I think that's point of it is to make her seem so much bigger than everybody else. Because if she lines up with Charlotte, Charlotte kind of towers over her. Like Charlotte's like a well-built, like athletic woman, so they have to make her seem larger than life. I don't really know who's going to win here. I think it makes sense to have Bailey retain, uh, or you could ever lose because the next pay-per-view for Raw is in San Jose, which is Bailey's hometown. They do a lot of hot potato with the title down. People are complaining about that. To me, people were complaining, okay, why didn't Bailey win the women's championship at WrestleMania? It would have been a big culmination moment for her. And I try to explain to people, look, in the old days, WWE was building towards getting you to spend your money on a pay-per-view. They don't have to do that anymore. You, they have your money for the network. Now what they're building towards is getting you to watch every single week on Raw. So you continue to subscribe to the network. And that's why they're having these title changes on Raw. And that's why they're having these moments happen on Raw and SmackDown as opposed to pay-per-view is because... The business model changed, and that's why I'm okay with the, I guess, the, the different moments back and forth. Yeah, it'd be cool for 60,000 people for a big moment, but that doesn't necessarily happen anymore. So for, it's, just, it's just different. For some reason, I care about Charlotte's undefeated pay-per-view streak. Well, it's over. Right. I cared about I'm sorry. I cared about that. Yeah. I thought that was a good th- I, I really enjoyed that being a thing. Um, so to have Bailey just lose it to her again, I, I would hate that. Sasha Banks is someone I don't. Another one of the uh, I think people like her more than I do, and uh, Nia Jax is is the enforcer. I, I, is Charlotte the best heel in the company yeah, right now? Yeah, I think there's two legit heels, maybe three with Nia Jax, but in the entire company, there's two legit heels left. It's Charlotte you, and the Miz. Get my, and the Miz. You know who's the best? You know who's the third one? Who's Who? the best heel? Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, but she did. But the problem with Stephanie McMahon is she never gets hers. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, think about a good heel is they eventually lose. Yeah, again, Stephanie is also good. But as far as actual wrestlers, everyone else, like AJ Styles, gets chance. You know, Owens, people cheer for him. But everybody everybody boos Charlotte. Everybody boos The Miz. And I guess everybody boos Nia Jax. But those are your only two legit heels. I say that because when uh, my girlfriend, as I refer to as Mrs. Mancave on the show, watches wrestling and Stephanie's out, she's like, man, Stephanie's really good at this. And Stephanie is really good at everything she does. To your point, you're correct. My wife, when she watches, she goes, Stephanie dresses so bad. Does she do that on purpose? I'm like, I don't know. She's wearing an outfit. What are you asking me for? <laughs> so I don't know. If that, maybe maybe she's doing it on purpose. Uh, if you ever get a chance, I know you have a lot of time on your hands. Uh, <laughs> Xavier Woods, who's video infamous fame now, uh, has a YouTube channel, the Up, Up, Down, Down channel, where he has wrestlers come on and play video games. They right. had Stephanie McMahon come on, and you got to see what she's like as a person. Not the heel character, not the PR person. She just was having fun talking about her kids and laughing about her and Shane when they had Nintendos growing up. So it's a cool video. Check it out. Uh, up, 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 down, down with Stephanie McMahon. So just hanging out playing video games. I've seen a lot of videos with Xavier Woods this week. I might take a little break. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's an, that's an interesting, that's more of a Man Cave podcast topic. So you guys have covered it last week, and I'm sure you'll cover it more. I think we're done on that. <laughs> uh, next up, we got Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. Another match I've done a 180 on based on the past two weeks of SmackDown. I love the beatdown AJ gave Shane. It felt real. It wasn't your standard, oh, they punched two seconds and they're separated. I love how Shane you know, fought back, and they really sold the fact the only way Shane's going to beat AJ if he does these crazy moves like the jump from the rope through the table. And this is the match, I think, besides Owens-Jericho that could steal the show. I... um. I still hate it, and I think that's most to do with how much I have uh, turned into a fan of AJ Styles. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned, I don't watch a lot of other wrestling. and Everybody's like, you're going to love AJ Styles. And for the first eight months, wasn't really into it. Mm-hmm. Those Cena matches, I was like, whoa, these guys are really good. And um, I started really appreciating what AJ Styles does in the ring. And he's a, not a big guy who I think can compete with the big guys, which is really what I like. <laughs> so... Um, I think this match has slowed some of his momentum a little bit to what I think he can be in the company. And I think it's, you know, 
WrestleMania is for the casual fan. Wrestle, there is a WrestleMania a couple of years ago that got me to be the serious fan I am today, and that's what they want. When you say I'm the fan they want, you're 100% correct because I was on the fringe, and then because of something in WrestleMania, I watched and I bought it and I bought the network, and I've been in it ever since. And this is a match like that. Shane McMahon, who inspires me to be a better adult. Like when I grow up, I want to be like <laughs> Shane McMahon, right? Like yeah. He's, <laughs> he got it all together. He's ripped. His hair looks great. You yeah. know it's gray. Uh, and he does he's still got his stuff. hair, though. He's still got his hair. <laughs> still got it. Still got it. Yeah, so, I have a uh, wavy hair. I'm waving it goodbye at this point. <laughs> that's all right. That's what ball caps are for. So you you said you think this is a step down for AJ. I think in the eyes of like fans that watch every week, sure. But in the eyes of fans that are casuals and you know, or in Vince McMahon's eyes even, if you're in a feud with Shane, you're in a high-profile feud. So casuals know who Shane is. They may not know who Bray Wyatt is. Let's say AJ faced Bray Wyatt. So I think this is actually a higher-profile match for him that would have been a title match. As silly, as crazy as that sounds, you know, the title match being lower than this, it, it, it is in the, in the eyes of, I think, casual fans, and I think even in Vince's eyes. I'm sure he thinks his son's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. And, I, and part of that is how why I hate the brand split so much. Because you're right. If he was going against Bray, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal because that championship to me is watered down. So both championships are watered down now. Mm-hmm. Just uh, all 12 championships are watered down now because there's always a title match on. You know, when, when you got a raw title match four years ago, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now it's just, it's, it's watered down everything. I don't think there's five hours of entertainment I want to watch. I think there's two and a half. I think there's, and, uh, I think there's about three between the two shows that they're both, if they were both 90 minutes, they'd be perfect. But <laughs> WWE is not going to turn down money from the USA Network for X amount of hours of TV a week. And they also think DVR, you know, I can get through an episode of Raw in an hour if I need to. I know, 205. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay, let's get to Roman versus The Undertaker. You said you don't like Roman Reigns, which is surprising. I had you pegged as a Roman Reigns guy. What is it about Roman that you're not a fan of? Oh, so Is it his character, a- his move? What is it? It's his character. To have him in the shield with Dean Ambrose was perfect because that's the spot for him. He's the big dude. He's got our back. He's going to mess you up. I love that. When he got away from that and he started talking about he's the big dog and uh, he's the guy, and I was just like, ugh, this is so awful. It's like the dude you meet at 2.30 in the bar who's hammered who just wants to fight everybody. You know, like that's the persona. I was like, all right, bro, we get it. You're ripped. You vi- probably vape and do CrossFit. Like, you get it. <laughs> like, like, it's too much. Like, I just never believed it. And for I believed it when he was just a big dude who wanted to fight people. And, and, and just, you know, I just didn't. And I probably, Steve, because I'm such a big Triple H guy, I didn't like when he beat H at uh, WrestleMania. Okay. Well, you and a lot of people too. didn't. I was in Dallas, and there were not a lot of Roman fans there that night. I will say, same with the Cena thing, a lot of kids got the Roman gear on. Yeah. <laughs> Don't bring that up. Now i got to feel bad. Yeah, and he's facing The Undertaker, which is a lot of different ways they can go with this. You know, they can have Undertaker beat him, and everyone would be happy, or they could have Roman win, and piss everybody off but potentially kind of turn him a little bit we'll see and then i then i'd like him if he was just a bad dude i'd probably like well him then, more. That's, like then that's that. the exact opposite of what they're going for <laughs> <laughs> which which is funny which is ironic because then the kids would hate him and the adults would like him if they turned him so it'd be completely because i think he's a really good wrestler i think he has awesome matches uh, i think i like his finisher i don't like the ooh i like the superman punch i like the spear i think he's a good wrestler but i don't know Speak, speaking of ooh could you do your POD impression again that she did last week on the show? Oh, <laughs> click, 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 boom, or whatever it was. Or boom, no, was booyaka, booyaka. <laughs> that was it, that was it. That click, was click, it. boom with saliva. So I got my 90s uh, new metal bands mixed up there. They're both on all my workout mixes, so I understand the confusion. But yeah, uh, booyaka, booyaka. <laughs> booyaka, booyaka. And then uh, we got a match that's not necessarily set. I think it's going to be more of like a, they keep calling it a no-holds-bar. I guess we're going to find out on Raw tonight. Of Seth Rollins versus Triple H. This is a match that has a lot of build to it, so that's awesome. I think we've got two good wrestlers. I don't think Seth Rollins is the best as the good guy. I think he's much better suited as a bad guy. I think it's mostly his whiny voice. But I think this is going to be an awesome match, confrontation, whatever it's going to be. I think it's going to be fun. Seth was a was a great beatable heel, which is the term I hear used. Like he had to do these things to keep his belt as long as he did. Mm-hmm. I still like Seth way more than I ever thought I would. What I what I think this match is going to turn into uh, is like a wild west brawl. Like I don't think 
Triple H and Seth Rollins carry this thing. I think more people get involved. Like, remember when he fought Sting a few years ago yeah, and all of a sudden the road dog was there? I think um, Finn Balor gets involved, gets Seth back. I think mm-hmm. um, some other guys come out of the woodwork like to kind of team Joe up. And, yeah. Yeah. The whole, cause Samoa Joe's got nothing going on. Uh-huh. So they're all gonna come beat up Seth, and, and then Seth's gonna get some sort of reinforcements. And I think we're gonna have a lot of action for uh, a long time, cause I, I think Seth's knee probably still is hurt, to the point where he couldn't do a 30 minute match. And, uh, if Triple H doesn't do something at WrestleMania, I'm gonna be very upset. <laughs> so, no, he'll be there. You'll get, you'll get time to play the game, and you'll spit the water, and all that stuff. So you'll have, make sure, speaking of water, make sure you drink some water because it's supposed to be 90 degrees. Don't drink nothing but beer. You'll pass out the fourth match. <laughs> that Florida heat. Yeah, exactly. But this should be good. I think there'll be a lot of, hey, look who's there now. Oh, look at that thing they just did, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it'll be fun. And also then we've got the two title matches, Brock versus Goldberg and Bray Wyatt versus Orton. I think I'm one of the only people on the internet. Like I go on the Reddit squared circle forum where like it's a lot of wrestling fans. Everybody is pumped about this Wyatt Orton match. I'm just, I'm not in. I, I don't, I'm okay. Whatever. I'm a Randy Orton guy. You know, so I you're um, in. Okay. I'm in. I, and I'm a Bray Wyatt guy. I, he's another character that has depth to it, right? Yeah. So, um, even at this point where I thought I'd be sick of, you know, his long soliloquies and things of that nature, he, he still gets my attention. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot there. And, um, I haven't seen Eric Rowan in a while. And uh, that makes me curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Harper doesn't have any plans. That makes me curious. Um, and I think Randy Orton does a good job. Has he been wrestling the same match since 2001? <laughs> sure. But I like that match. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think he's got the best finisher in wrestling right now. Yeah, I, that, just, made, I just, made that, just made that up, but it no, might be true. He does. It's true. <laughs> I don't think there's a debate on that. Okay, good. Good. Um, so this should be a good match. Yeah. And then we've got the Goldberg-Brock match where... To me, I'm intrigued because I have no idea what the hell's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be a quick squash. I don't know if they're going to try to go long. I don't know if there's going to be interference. I don't know if they're going to have Kevin Owens come involved in Triple H. I don't know. I will say I was at Raw in Chicago a few weeks back when Goldberg and Brock were in the ring and Brock F5 Goldberg. And I'm not going to lie. When they were both in the ring looking at each other, you were like, okay, this feels like a really big deal. Yeah. And... You're not going to get that with some of the smaller guys, okay, I admit it. But with Brock and Goldberg, it felt like a big deal. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm looking forward to it no matter what because the crowd, I think, is going to be interesting. Last time I saw Brock Lesnar wrestle, it was uh, 2005, 2006, SummerSlam against The Rock. That was 2002. Close, though. 2002. I'll take it. Like I said, I'm not good with years and storylines, keeping them straight. But uh, yeah. I did, and uh, it was, seeing that guy in the ring is impressive. Just, to, I, I, they've squashed him so much, just fair and square, just bro, just Goldberg just squashed him, mm-hmm. that how is this different, and why is it different? Well, the, mad the, now, like, I, I, just where is the story? The story this line, isn't going to be a squash. So the story is, is Paul Heyman said, Brock Lesnar took Goldberg lightly. It won't happen again. He said he hit him with a spear and you had a broken rib. Is when you can't breathe and you have a broken rib, you're going to lose. No man, no beast can overcome that. That's the story they kind of told. And I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, it would make sense for Brock to win. But I have a theory that uh, me and I think Mark Crusoe and PJ and a few other Man Cave listeners and I were kind of theorizing back and forth. Uh, basically, my theory is, which I've heard other places, is uh, Brock's going to win or Goldberg's going to win, whichever. And afterwards, Triple H is going to come out with his new, like, I guess, crew of guys with him and Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens and say, you know, I run this place. Owens gets a rematch. He's getting it right now. And that way, that's your big surprise moment for Mania. Owens comes in, wins the belt because neither Brock or Goldberg are full time guys anymore. So you can't have them be the champion. I think that'll be a moment where people will go nuts if it happens. We'll see, though. I do need that after. So you and I talked about recapping some matches of WrestleMania's past. And what I realized, what I like more than anything, is the story, is the the, yeah. the swerve, is the oh shit moment, part of my language. And um, I need that. I don't see it right now with this WrestleMania. And if that happens, I'll be a happy dude. You didn't see, here's the thing. There's always something you don't see happening. Right. We'll, we'll talk, let's, we'll jump right into it now. You told me before we started that what got you back into wrestling so much was the Seth Rollins cash-in, Money in the Bank, yeah. WrestleMania 31. Like, that wasn't planned. Nobody saw that coming, right? Right. And, and then, that that was the moment. I invited one of my buddies over, and I was like, you know, I'm starting to watch this again. I got WrestleMania. I got the thing. Just come over. We'll watch it. And when that happened, dude, I lost it, man. That was a great WrestleMania moment for me. I think I think I told this story before on my show, but uh, 
so we were watching it. I had a party, you know, we had a few people that don't watch wrestling, whatever. So that happens that after the match, Rollins cashes in his money in the bank, celebrating, waving the title, fireworks. My friends are like, holy shit, that was awesome. <laughs> My buddy who watches wrestling doesn't watch it at all. He goes, what the hell just happened? Who was that guy with the briefcase and why does he have the belt now? So we, for a non-wrestling fan to say, well, he had a ladder match. And in the match, and in the briefcase, there's a contract. and just, it, But it was just a funny moment like, oh, yeah, this makes no sense to you. But we're all going nuts. Yeah, it was uh, – <laughs> I had somebody with me also that doesn't watch wrestling, and I had to kind of – that guy I had to kind of go through, the, like you said, the rules of what's going on. And you feel ridiculous when that happens in your life, mm-hmm. when you're like, oh, no, you have to break the hold when he holds the – when he grabs the rope. It's like, oh, but he just hit him with a bell. Nobody said anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> this fake sport is just so ridiculous, but you're but there's moments that are so exciting like that where it keeps you in. Like, you could be, oh, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. Oh, my God, that was amazing. I'm back in. Seth sold it so well. And mm-hmm. I think I heard, what's his name, Dave Metzer from the, Meltzer, the yeah. that guy? He, he mentioned that Seth Rollins found out during the event that that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, this wasn't a known thing. They Vince decided that day that this is how this was going to happen. And Seth runs out there like you and I would run out there. Like, yeah. oh, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, okay, here I go. Like, I, you know, like I'm freaking out. Let's. Oh, I guess I'm going to do this. Like, you know, it was great. Well, his run out there sold me on the whole thing. Yeah, and now you're back. So good job, Vince. You got you got Jeff Schaefer back in into WWE. Take and, all my money and take all my <laughs> 100%. And then last year at WrestleMania, this big surprise was the Wyatts confronting The Rock. Like, we were watching, I was there live, and it was honestly, I was kind of like, okay, get through your stuff, if you smell, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, <laughs> the lights went out. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. But it wasn't even Bray. It was. Yeah, he faced, what's his name? Uh, Rowan. Car- Rowan. Was it Rowan? Yeah, the redhead. Yeah. Um, I was like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I was kind of not into that. But, you know, this, I look forward to seeing The Rock on Sunday. He'll be there somehow, you know. Well, he's got Baywatch to promote, and he's got Fate of the Furious to promote. So he'll be back for that. <laughs> Is that the Page movie? The, the Page family of, movie? Which one? He's making a movie. He's producing a movie about Page's family. He is. No. The movie, That's something else? No, no. No. The Fate of the Furious is the new Fast and Furious movie. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. And was... then the Baywatch movie. So he's got two movies coming out in April he's got to promote. Right. So he'll be there. Yeah. And uh, so we'll quick switch gears really quick here. And you sent me a list of, WWE released a list of their top 33 WrestleMania matches of all time. We don't have time to break down this list. But just read the. Do you have the top five handy? I do. I do. Okay. I do. So what are the top five? Uh, starting at number five, the top five WrestleMania matches of all time are <laughs> Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle from WrestleMania 21, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock from WrestleMania 17, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart from WrestleMania 13, Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat from WrestleMania 3. And The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 25. I 100% agree with their number one. That's my number one match of all time, period. So I'm biased. I, the only thing I would switch on that list is put Austin and Hart at number two. Uh, you know, I wa- so I watched all these today. Okay. Um, and watching Macho Man versus Dragon Boat, it didn't, doesn't hold age on, hold well. Time out, time out. You called him Dragon Boat, which is amazing. <laughs> Like the old the carnival ride and the little little kitty roller coaster, the dragon boat. <laughs> Forever he'll be known as the dragon boat. <laughs> Ricky the dragon boat. I like it. Uh, that that match doesn't age well. It doesn't age that well. It's I mean it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the example I talked about with the ropes and the bell and all that stuff. Um, but um, it, I definitely all the Stone Cold matches should be above that. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Uh, I think. The match doesn't age well because so many people have stolen moves from that match. So you think you feel like you've seen it a lot. But that was the first to do the so many false finishes. That was the first one. Lists are always subjective, which is why I like lists and why I hate lists. Uh, but I think if I think this is an official WWE.com list, right? It is, yeah. Yes, which, it is. Which I was surprised they put the CM Punk Undertaker match on there because CM Punk is like the name that shit shall not be named lately. But... <laughs> Yeah, so it, it seems like at least somewhat legit. They don't have Benoit in there for obvious reasons, which I'm okay with. Uh, but I think, what do you think of the Michaels Undertaker match as number one? Uh, really, really great match. Really great match. Um, what that match does well that they don't do uh, as well of a job today is show two guys that are getting the shit kicked out of each other. You know what I'm saying? By the mm-hmm. end of that match, 
they are exhausted. You legitimately wonder if they can go on. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. sell that, oh, we're so exhausted, we're so beat up. Now they'll sell that for a little bit, and then somebody will catch fire, and they'll hit all their moves, and it's over. This was a, a scramble to somebody finally win. Yeah, and both these guys, they sold their emotion in their face, and they had Jim Ross telling the story. Like you said, the selling is tough sometimes. That's something a lot of the little guys are, are guilty of because they come from the independence where it's just move, 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 get the people excited, go, 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 go. Like nothing means anything. Whereas this, you're, you're, you buy into it. You buy into, okay, I, f I feel like this guy's really hurt. I, I know it's all fake, but, but that's real, right? That's real. He's really hurt his knee right there. Right. And I think that's, like you said, what they do well. And hopefully Undertaker and Roman Reigns will be that. Maybe Undertaker will teach Roman a thing or two about selling. <laughs> well, two things I noticed from this right away was, hey, oh, that's what the Undertaker is supposed to look like when he wrestles. Right. And and um, how great is Jim Ross? I forgot how great Jim Ross was. Yeah. He needs, he needs to figure that out. Get his mumbling tail back to WWE because that was how you should watch a wrestling match. Yeah. So I think Jim Ross on his podcast and has talked about how He's like, I don't think I'd come back anymore. He's like, I got my podcast going. I got a good thing. I make appearances, do my one man show. He's like, I like where I live, but you know, unfortunately, his wife just passed away in a horrible accident this past week. So maybe some, maybe he'll get back in, into the groove of things. Maybe he'll come back. Maybe they'll give him like a little WrestleMania shout out. That'd be awesome. I think if they brought him out there for one match this year, I think that'd be awesome. That would be. And what terrible his wife got hit on her Vespa? What a yeah. night. Yeah, it's just like a freak, terrible accident. It just sucks, you know, because when you're an older person like that, you know how many kids, or, I mean, he might have kids, I don't know, but I know he lived alone with his wife, and it just sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Back to back to positive stuff, the page tapes. <laughs> no, I'm just showing. <laughs> I, I, so where I got the feeling that of what I love about wrestling got proved to me today was watching the uh, Stone Cold versus The Rock match. This is from WrestleMania 17, yeah, okay. 17. This is the infamous... Stone Cold heel turn, which really was a disaster from everything past this match. This match, first of all, is a great match. You know, these are the guys. This is when I was in the first time in wrestling, right out of high school into college. Mm -hmm. 2001 is the time. And, and like I said, I went to SmackDown the following year. Yeah. Um, this was my time. And this is what I remember of heavyweight championship matches. And there was more blood. We got some crimson masks, which was great. And the Stone Cold heel turn, you're like, what is Vince doing here? What is Vince doing here? And um, it's, a, it's a pairing you could have never imagined. And the rest of it was a disaster. But that moment where, you know, Vince hands him a chair, and it, or Vince pulls the rock off Stone Cold to get, you know, I remember that. Being like, what? Why did he do that? Like, mm -hmm. really not getting it. And uh, that story they told there uh, was one of the first wrestling storylines i remember being like well i gotta watch raw tomorrow to figure out what the hell happened right there yeah <laughs> you know and and that was also i think another more back to jr like the call i think austin's like shaking hands with vince and he's like he's shaking hands with the devil himself or sold his soul what did what did we just see it's like oh okay. my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> by god i guess we got to see what the hell happens next yeah, yeah. and cool. i they always say, like, there'll never be another Rock, there'll never be another Stone Cold, and there won't be, but there will be another big star. And we don't know who it's going to be. It may be someone on the roster, it may be someone who's not up yet, but there will be someone that'll be a, a next big star. You know, there was Hogan, and then there was Austin and The Rock, and now there's Cena, so just give it time, people. There'll be another giant star. You won't see where they're coming. You know, no, no one thought the Ringmaster and Rocky Maivia were going to be the biggest stars in the world, but they were, so you never know where it's going to come from. This is a this is a uh, good thing. What I like about your podcast, the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, is that wrestling fans will bitch about anything, and yeah. they're like, "Hey, let's not do that. Let's just be excited. It's a TV show. If something, if, if you didn't like Rachel and Ross on Friends, did you did you go online and bitch about it and say you weren't going to watch the show anymore? <laughs> you just watch the show, right. or don't watch the show. Whatever you want to do, but God, these people complain about a television show like it affects their life. Yeah, and that's like that's the exact reason I started this. I was listening to so many shows. Obviously, you know, there's the the like Jericho and Austin have their their professional podcast. I'm never going to interview like Jake the Snake Roberts or or Vince McMahon or Undertaker. Like those guys are going to get. But I want to talk to other fans that like the show. Yeah, there's stuff I don't like. Of course, there's storylines I don't like. Of course, there's things I think are stupid. But overall, it's an enjoyable experience for me to watch every week. It gives me an escape. It gives me an excuse to act like a little kid. Um, it gives me something to watch. So my daughter's almost two. She loves 
Bailey and Becky Lynch. Her, she's got a new phrase. I want Becky. I want to see Becky. She loves her entrance with the smoke. So it's, I want to see Becky. So I take out my phone and show her the Becky Lynch thing. It's adorable. <laughs> um, and then uh, another side, side note. So when I went to Raw, I had a few drinks, and which was a bad idea. Luckily, I didn't come home with a belt, you know, because I take credit cards. So I went to the merchandise stand, bought her like $50 worth of just junk. And they have these things called like the Bailey tube bend, but they're basically boomsticks, you know, the blow up ones. Sure. And I gave them to her and recorded a little video of her whacking them and, um, and she dropped it and it was funny. So I tweeted to Bailey and said, Hey, she, your biggest fan. Bailey retweeted it and said, this is great. I got like a hundred new followers and people liked it and retweets. <laughs> I'm like, yes, thank you, Bailey. That's awesome, man. That's yeah, awesome. That's yeah. Great. But it's, it's just an excuse for me to, to have fun with my friends and it's an excuse for me to talk with my friends and, and interact with, you know, guys like you and other fans on Twitter. So it's, it's a lot of fun. And it takes me back to when I was a kid and going to the video store and just being like overwhelmed with my choices of videotapes I can rent. And even though I've seen this WrestleMania before, and even though I've seen this before, it's, it's just, it's something that I, Whenever I watch an old match, like an old WrestleMania two Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy in a steel cage, it takes me back to when I was eight years, or not even eight years old, like five years old. And my dad, I think for the first time, let me rent a wrestling tape. He's like, here, you watch wrestling, and, <laughs> which is hilarious. I've, you know, he's from Chicago, never been outside of Chicago in his life, and he says wrestling instead of wrestling. <laughs> so I watched it, and I, I just, ever since then, there was a time, I think, in pretty much all through college, I kind of stopped because I wanted to, you know, meet girls and talk to them. And then I got <laughs> back into it after I had a steady girlfriend for a while. And I, I've pretty much since 2007, I've been all in ever since. When you were a kid, did you have like, did you watch like the Saturday morning stuff? Did you just watch as you were older? Did you have like favorites when you were a kid, like Hogan and all that? Big time Hogan kid. And what's funny about me and, and Sat Saturday morning wrestling was all I knew of wrestling for the longest time. But for some reason, I could never really get a handle on when or what channel was on. Yeah, <laughs> so, we didn't know. TV, you got to guess. I would wake up and like put on the television and just start flipping through the channels like, did I miss it? Is yeah. it on? Is it over? And then like, oh, I missed it. And then, no, it's not on yet. Oh, and it'd be like a month. I'm like, oh, yeah, wrestling's on Saturdays. And I'd watch, was it uh, main event on Saturdays or whatever it was? And, uh, yeah, Hogan was my guy, and he never wrestled. You know, he did it. You do a you do a promo with Macho Man and <laughs> Mean Gene Okerlund, and that was it. And that's all I needed. That's all I needed. I remember the first time I I really remember wrestling was like hearing Hogan had to fight the Undertaker, and yeah. being very concerned about Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, legitimately worried that he was going to put him in a body bag or something. And uh, and, and many years later, I found out this whole thing wasn't real. <laughs> so. I don't I don't remember when I when I just. I don't remember when I knew it wasn't real anymore. I don't remember. And I think for a while when I was a kid, I thought if it was a title match, it was real, but everything <laughs> else was staged. I don't remember. I don't remember the moment. And it's funny you, you mentioned the Undertaker-Hogan match because that is kind of a goofy special memory for me. But do you remember, kids now don't know this, but do you remember the black box and the illegal cable box? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Scramble vision and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So my dad's friend he worked with had a black box. So every once in a while we'd get invited over to his house and I could watch the pay-per-views. My dad could drink with his friends and sit his annoying son in front of the TV for three hours and he could be left alone. So this year it was Survivor Series used to be on Thanksgiving or the day before Thanksgiving. And this year it was. And because I didn't have school the next day, I got to go. So it was like a moment with my dad. I was watching it, and it was just him, me and him that day. His friend like let us in his house. It was weird. He's like, "Yeah, use my house. I'm gone for the week." And we're watching it, and Hogan lost. And my dad's like, well, "What do you think? What do you think about that?" I'm like, "Well, I don't know. It's okay because all my friends were like devastated Hogan could lose, and I was kind of okay with it. And like it's just like a memory I have now of me, and my dad, like my dad being like, "I don't know about that," and we have like a little bonding moment over this stupid fake sport. And I go back and I watch that pay-per-view now, the Survivor Series 91. It is not good. It's a rough <laughs> one to get through. And my poor dad sat there for three hours with me, probably with a few Miller lights. And, you know, <laughs> I, I feel bad for him. But, you know, thank you for, for going through that with me. I can remember being, you know, 10, whatever, 8, 9, whatever, going to work with my dad in uh, Federal Pipe and Steel at Piatone, Illinois. Mm -hmm. And we would, uh, he'd walk me into his little office there. And he'd be like, Jeff, do the Hulk Hogan thing. And I would do Hulk Hogan's entrance. I'd do the ear wave. I'd do the flexing. <laughs> as this little chubby kid in husky pants running around the office doing the Hulk Hogan thing. I did that for years. I still do it every once in a while, but it's just not as cute. You still got the, you still got the husky pants? <laughs> no, I wish. They're, they're husky shorts now. They're too do they call? They, do they? Is husky still a thing, or they get rid of that? 
I think husky is just a thing for kids because okay. they have short legs. I think it's I think it's a leg to waist ratio problem. <laughs> <laughs> now I just I just wear thirty eight. So that's that's I'm an adult now. <laughs> yeah. So another we talked about really quick uh, before we wrap up here in the next 10, 15 minutes. Rock and Austin and how they were such big stars. Were you a rock guy or an Austin guy? I was an Austin guy, man. And I, it's like, well, no, no. You know what? The thing about this was I, I was always at this time a Triple H guy. Oh. Always. And so this is that time. And, and my, the rooms were always full of rock guys, Stone Cold Austin guys. And I was the Triple H guy. So between the two, Stone Cold, and honestly, if the most matches I look up on the network are Stone Cold matches. Um, but always Triple H guy. I love the, I had a Triple H poster in college. I had like one of those like cloth rollout posters, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, uh, I used to, <laughs> I used to, uh, have this lamp that had like three, four different light bulbs on it. And I would have my friends turn the, click the lights on and off, <laughs> like strobe lights. And I'd enter rooms like Triple H, always a Triple H guy. And, uh, still am, still am today. So when he was feuding with like, Awesome. With The Rock, you were like, Triple H is my guy. 100%. 100%. This guy, right? Take my shirt off. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I was always an Austin guy, and I hated The Rock when I was a kid. I'm like, he's so phony. Because everything he did was like so overdramatic with his selling. Like, he's so phony. It looks fake. Austin's real. And I'm still an Austin guy, but The Rock, I have to admit, when The Rock came back to host WrestleMania 27, I was so excited because he was gone forever. Mm -hmm. And yep. so I have to admit, like, when The Rock came back, I was a Rock guy. Yeah, you know, there was some badassness about Stone Cold as why you liked it, you mm -hmm. know, and you did think he could beat up anybody. And I, I did watch uh, two of his matches today. You forget that that Bret Hart match was early. WrestleMania, I can't remember what WrestleMania it was, was, but 13. it was 13. 13 yeah. That's a long time ago. You kind of forget that he was there. For almost ten year, eight ten years, you know, back with the neck injury and everything, he lost some time. But um, you know, I definitely, definitely, definitely more than ten times in my life stood up on the corner of a patio oh, and yeah. had some someone on a lawn throw me canned beers and just dump them all over my face. Yeah, or like if you're at a pool party, you're gonna you're to clink the beers and jump in the pool, or if you're on a boat, clink the beers, jump in the lake. So everybody exactly. does that. Oh yeah. I mean, you can raise the eyeball eyebrow, but you're not gonna be as cool as clinking the beers like Stone Cold. No, I try to raise the belt like The Rock does, but really it just looks like you're waving your hand weird when you don't actually have a belt. Yeah, but the beers, also, everybody also, gets it. You're also not, you know, jacked like a huge wildebeest like The Rock is. So. No, not. And that was, as Stone Cold got older, Stone Cold being in great shape wasn't a guarantee. No. <laughs> you know, his time in WWE. He came out a couple times, I was like, oh, poofy, little shorts, okay. Yeah, you know, I like that. He's, he's got the beer gut, he's like, he's on his ranch, <laughs> drinking beer, shooting deer, it's all he does. That's it, man. And watch it. I watch a lot of the uh, vignettes going into these matches, and I forgot that like they made Deborah the Rock's manager, and yeah. Deborah got put in an ankle lock, and Stone Cold was pissed about that, and that's how this whole thing started. There was there was a lot of depth to his character too. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of awesome stuff to talk about. Let's talk about something awesome that you're doing, which I started to participate in, but I fell off a little bit because I couldn't keep up with everyone. And their damn characters is your Man Cave Championship Wrestling on the Man Cave Podcast. What a ridiculous thing we're doing. Uh, but it's so much fun. I, I do say, um, without any numbers or facts, that it's the only wrestling fiction on the Internet. And what we've done is we have created a fake wrestling universe called Man Cave Championship Wrestling. And uh, we had, Steve, you did it. We had a lot of our listeners send us characters. Say, hey, give me a quick bio. Yours is one of my favorites. You sent me bio a character called Andrew Gardens, mm -hmm. who's uh, a vegan who does CrossFit who always talks about it and uh, tells know, everyone he's a vegan. Tells everybody he's a vegan, uh, and you know um, eats a lot of kale. You know, just that guy. You know, I could totally picture that guy. We created some artwork for him. Yeah, who does? And, who's doing these bit emojis? Is that your co-host or is that you? No, Sean does it all. Okay, Sean Starker's my co-host. You can follow him at the Healthy Movement, his podcast. Uh, we're at Man Cave Podcast for all this nonsense. And so the idea was I came into another podcast. Oh, God, I can't remember the name of it. But they storyboard video games. So they'll have listeners be like, okay, I got a video game with uh, Mario and um, it would say, you know, um, the princess. But the idea is the princess has to get a deal at Walmart. Make the video game. Uh -huh. And these guys talk about how to make this video game based on these crazy ideas. And that's kind of what we do. We storyboard 
an episode of Man Cave Championship Wrestling. So we have ideas. And it's kind of like, hey, the day they put together what they're going to do on Raw that week, that's what we do at Man Cave Championship Wrestling. We talk about it. Uh, we had a pay-per-view recently where we do more in-ring announcing, which is really hard when you and a guy across the country are creating a fake wrestling match. But it <laughs> seems to be – see, people seem to like it. And what I've learned about the Internet is you really need to create original content for anybody to care about what you're doing. Right. And um, this it's really hard to create original audio. And this is, you know, um, you know, we had a Malibu hot dog match. We had, you know, a drunken dildo match. Like, we come up with these goofy matches and uh, tell you a story. Just tell you a fun story, almost like a play we're making up on the spot. I like – the thing I like about it is all the interaction you guys have on Twitter with, with being other people. You know, I'll jump in every once in a while, but like I said, there's the guy uh, – Mark has got AMP, and then uh, there's the, the hillbilly guy, and there's the jack guy, and everyone's kind of like – throwing their their input in so think of like the video game ww universe mode like i create my guy and i put it in the computer well the computer's you guys and you guys <laughs> basically storyboard everything you have the matches and are you going to do a live man cave championship wrestling at the wrestlemania man cave tailgate you might as well you know the, the twitter thing's been so cool one day i was on my twitter and i got a tweet from from amp man cave championship wrestling like one of my fake wrestlers tweeted me i was like what the <laughs> hell happened here like one of the guys created a twitter account for the wrestler he created mm -hmm. so now we have a few of them so these fake wrestlers will tweet each other throughout the week <laughs> and i encourage anybody to make a wrestling character and we will find a way to get it in the universe um you know it's uh it's something we're making up as we go so it's kind of like well let's try it this way let's do this and we have you know a big problem right now is we do all our matches at uh, old mcshafer's brew house the brew house turns into a wrestling arena once a week so we do this and uh, our champion amp was amp was in a match against crash landing and uh this group prohibition came in and they basically want to shut down the whole thing they want to shut down the brewery they want to shut down man cave championship wrestling uh it's kind of like one of the invasion angles back in the day and they're pretty furious and it's been a tough struggle uh, even your character, Andrew Gardens, has teamed up with them because he's mad about not being in the championship picture. So there's a lot going on. <laughs> I, I think I tweeted this out, too. So I got the, the picture of the Andrew Gardens character that was made, and I was like, you know, other than the uh, the, the sandals, this guy kind of looks like me. <laughs> so I'm a little offended. Well, Sean's never met you, but you're not wrong. <laughs> I was like, wow. Which is just awesome. And also, guys, um, Man Cave Podcast doesn't just talk about wrestling uh Anything dude is, is the subject of Jeff's show. So there's interviews with adult performers. There's interviews with models. You've got actors. You've had uh, Hannah from Below Deck on before. You've had interviews with pro wrestlers before. And, and you talk sports and music and anything else that you know you want to talk about. You, your, how long has your show been on now? What, like six years, seven years or something? Way too long, Steve. No. <laughs> I get time hops from four or five years ago. I was like, Jesus, I'm still doing this back then. But you're having uh, fun, right? Yeah, I'm having fun. We took a little break for a while where I did mm -hmm. a different thing that was uh, didn't work out. Um, and I take breaks every once in a while because I do stand-up comedy, and sometimes I get really heavy with that to the point where I can't – I need a night to do either a show or something else. But um, it's been about four or five years we've been doing it. And we – you know, like you said, adult stars, we do that often. Uh, Rob Nyer from ESPN, other sports writers. I guess he's not ESPN anymore. Mm -hmm. um, Bull James was just on, a couple of reality stars. So we try to make – the Man Cave is the place to go. Well, where guys can talk about all the things guys love. And that's kind of the point. We've we've really added Man Cave Championship Wrestling to be at the end of every show so people can get into that. A reason to come back. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just we love tweeting with everybody. We love being a part of Oh, and we're getting a store on Pro Wrestling Tees. Is that official? I know you was a little it, debating back and the forth. The application is in. It's been approved. Awesome. We're setting everything up. So, I'm yeah. Uh, I'm going to get yeah, one. Well, well, that's great. Thank you. So in another, maybe by the time you listen to this, you could buy uh, Man Cave Championship Wrestling at Pro Wrestling Tees. We're just doing wrestling shirts. I've ordered, like, well, I've ordered from Pro Wrestling Tees, and the quality is a good shirt, which is what I'm kind of, sometimes, you know, you, you could have done like a cafe press store, but that you get like a crappy shirt. So the wrestling, Pro Wrestling Tees shirts are actually good quality shirts. So there you go. Right out of Chicago. It all comes out of Chicago. Too. Yep. yep. It does. So um, there's big billboards all over the, all over town here. Excited about that because I figure it's a place people go to buy wrestling T-shirts, and that's what this is. I, ideally, if this Man Cave Championship Wrestling thing takes off, we can have each re fake wrestler to have a s fake T-shirt. <laughs> you so know what I'm saying? So your fake wrestler is about the fake sport, and your fake world have real T-shirts. I like it. Uh, that's it, man. That's it. <laughs> I like it. Well, Jeff, seriously, thanks for coming out, man. I really appreciate it. I've you know when I first started the show, um, I was like, Jeff's got to come on someday um, because. I'm not going to say you're like an inspiration for me to start a podcast, but, you know, 
have the format of your show I like because it's not just uh, two guys talking. You have segments, but at the same time, it is two guys talking. It's a conversation with segments. It's not rambling. You know what you're doing. You're very professional. You're very charismatic. You guys are funny. You make me laugh sometimes. You make me cringe sometimes. I, sometimes, like, you'll be talking like a football sport. I want to, like, tweet you, like, that's wrong, you idiot, which I guess is Please what do. Me do it. Yeah. Please do. Yeah. You know, yeah, well, you you were you helped me when I got started. If you remember when I first did this, I would be like, "Hey, Steve, I know you listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Could you check mine out and point me in the right direction?" Yeah. You know, and like you're like, "Stop doing beer reviews. It's boring." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we would drink beers on air, and I'm like, "Oh, good point. That is boring." Yeah, yeah. thank you. So full circle. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Man. Next time you're in Chicago, we will totally hopefully try to meet up. You know, I know you got family out here and stuff, so yep. we'll meet up sometime. Maybe you could bring your Black Sox jersey, hop on the diamond one more time. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and if anybody listening is going to WrestleMania, uh, tweet me at Man Cave Podcast. We'll be there most of the day with beer, some giveaways, recording, just hanging out. Uh, I would love to say hi to some people if anybody goes. So I, I've got a few people going your way. Like, you know, Josh Cage said he's definitely going to check it out. Hopefully KB does. Um, I keep plugging KB because I think he's such an awesome resource for fans to have. KBWrestlingReviews.com. Every show you could ever think of has been reviewed by him. And he's an entertaining writer. Check him out. Um, he's got books on Amazon, everything like that. KBWrestlingReviews.com. He may go. Hopefully, Squared Circle guy swings by. I think you got Mark Caruso coming by. You're, you know, um, we've got, I don't know if PJ's going or not. He's another guy I interact with on Twitter a lot, too. But you're right by lot one, everybody. So if you get look at a parking map, it's right where the shuttles drop off. I'll retweet the link out a bunch. I'm sure Jeff will be tweeting it out. When are you heading down to Florida? You a couple of days? You get in there early? When are you getting there? I'm just going Saturday. I'm going Saturday. Okay. I thought about going early and doing all the nonsense, but, uh, you know, I'm going to go Saturday and Tuesday and Monday. Monday and Tuesday, I'm just going to play golf and relax awesome. and, and, you know, enjoy myself a little bit. One thing I recommend you to do, even if you, even just to go, just to window shop, go to the superstore. It's free to get in. Um, it's at the, it's at the convention center. It's free. It's the same place access is at. Don't, you don't have to worry about access. You will be blown away by the amount of shit WWE sells. <laughs> and, and they have, and they all, they have all the belts for sale. So you'll just, I, I, my wife, last year I sat back with my wife and just watched people drop two grand. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, like, I'll take this belt and this belt. Like, holy shit. And like stacks of t-shirts. It's like, it's like going watching the high roller table in Vegas. <laughs> they used to have the WWE restaurant in Times Square in New York and they had a big giant set, probably nowhere near that. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I'd watch people buy belts and be like, Someday, if I'm really rich, I'll buy an Intercontinental <laughs> Championship belt. <laughs> well, don't go if you're inebriated, because you will whip out the credit card. <laughs> deal, deal, deal. All right, guys, Thanks make sure to yeah, follow him on Twitter, at Man Cave Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, at PPW Podcast. And I'm thinking about doing a live post-show reaction. Are you going to do a preview show this week for your show for WrestleMania? I'm assuming you are, right? Well, we're recording. We're recording Tuesday night for Wednesday release, and we yeah, we got to talk some WrestleMania. Yeah, so they'll be there. You can listen to that on iTunes and mm-hmm. Stitcher and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna release this early tomorrow, so we don't you know cross promote with each other. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm gonna edit this and release it tomorrow. So again, follow Jeff on Twitter at Mandy Cave Podcast. We're on Twitter. You know where we're at at PPW Podcast. Go visit Jeff and Sean at WrestleMania Lot One at Camping World Stadium. It's gonna be awesome, man. I'm jealous. Hey, wish you were there, man. But we will get together next time. I'm in the shy. All right. Take it easy, buddy. Bye. And thanks, guys, once again for listening. Thank you. Follow PPW Podcast on Twitter, Positively Processing Podcast on SoundCloud. We'll see you next week.